Testimony by Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. I love the song, love the message. It's very powerful. Um, I do not own the copyrights to the song, uh, but it fits very well with the theme we're going to go with. And this is Finding My Voice with Kina Powell. And In a few episodes, we are doing a series on uh, mental health journeys and interviews with people I've had um, to show like their mental health journey and where they are. And, uh, their experiences and stuff like that uh, as always we're always going to start with a disclaimer because the main thing that is going to be talked about this is mental health and my personal journey and that may include uh, my therapy religion aspects as well as um, just things I've gone through in my life and some things could be triggering to people so I will put that warning out there but we do have resources um, at the end of it, we always will have the specific resources, websites, and uh, phone numbers you can reach out to. Um, that's how I always will start this before we dive into anything, giving people opportunities and chances to continue to listen or not listen. Um, hope you stay tuned and keep up with us. And what we're going to discuss today is... So as I mentioned last time, uh, we're going to be doing a series on people's mental health journeys. Um, this is the second episode of that series. And this time I interviewed her name is Portia, uh, my dear friend. We met about two years ago. We'll say two and a half. That sounds about right. Two and a half, three years ago um, in our women's support group. And I'm so glad that she took the time to interview with me. And I'm so excited. Let's have a listen. Thank you so much for doing this, Portia. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you are doing great this fine feathered morning. Um, so we're just going to dive right in. Uh, the first question I have for you is, uh, what would you say was the hardest thing you had to accept in regards to your mental health? Mm, that's a great question. The hardest thing I had to accept. Um, I think the hardest thing that I've had to personally accept is the fact that I do carry some anxiety. And I was very resistant to that for a very long time. I'm like, oh, that's not something black people get. Um, but, but then it was broken down to me that worry is a type of anxiety. And I was like, oh, I worry all the time thinking about call me when you get home and are you sure you're okay and do you need anything and asking people those types of worrying questions over and over again um I realized that that was anxiety playing out um so yeah it's it's taken me a long time to to come to that realization and now that I've 
accepted it, right? I leaned into it like, okay, that's what it is. Um, it's been much easier to focus on, okay, so now that I know what the situation is, how can I go about either reducing, eliminating, working with that anxiety, leaning into it. Um, not that anyone wants to have anxiety, but the truth of them, you know, no one wants that, but the truth of the matter is there's different types of it. Like it's, it's good to have some level. Um, and I say that thinking about if you're in a scary situation and you need to focus on fight or flight, or, you know, if you're in that type of moment, you need to have that anxiety. So your body knows like, okay, we got to make some, some quick decisions here. But just to have it as a baseline about things that don't really matter. Um, and for me, I'll say don't really matter. Like whether or not, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, did I leave the light on? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. With the exception of my light bill might be a little higher, but so <laughs> like it's not versus something that's more impactful. Yeah, I think it's so funny that you mentioned that because um, when I first went to see a psychiatrist and I would tell her things like that, she was like, yeah, there's a little um, OCD there. Like if you are like actually struggling to the point where like you start to leave your house, but you have to go back to make sure the lights off like that is a problem because you have to look into um, your like day to day. How many t- how much time are you wasting just wow. by like double checking yourself and triple checking yourself? Um, so what would you say like was like the point where you actually made that realization Um. therapy Um, (laughs) lots and lots of therapy highly recommend therapy even if you feel like therapy is weird and you're not on board i'd say just give it a shot um and there's different types of therapy that you could do you know of course cognitive talk therapy and there's lots of other different types but it, it took a long time for me to really one, my therapist and I working together to talk about it, but then also me just um, doing some reflection, mm-hmm. taking some time, going back, thinking about, okay, so when could it have been anxiety? And and going through those motions and recalling those events. And it's like, oh, yeah, I do that, like, all the time. <laughs> um, those hard truths. <laughs> hard truths, yeah. I mean, it, it's really tough to t- hold up a mirror to yourself and take a look at, you know, where you feel like you aren't as strong or where there could be something not wrong with you, but rather just, oh, this is something I do that I didn't realize I did. Mm. And how do I... How do I move forward? Because I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. What were some tools that your therapist like gave you um, to better like manage your anxiety that you yes. can actually like help you? Yeah, yeah. Great question. You know, there's a lot of different tools out there and not everyone is going to work for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure that I share that piece. Like what might work for Portia may not work for you, right? Mm-hmm. So it's good to be open and honest with yourself in terms of "Eh, that didn't really work and keep it moving and find something that does so don't stop just because the first thing didn't but for me I do a lot of journaling which is really helpful I've put together a list of positive coping skills Mm -hmm. you know if I get overwhelmed or it's too much um, I may just break out into a two-minute dance party, um, which, sounds, <laughs> which sounds crazy, but it's like, okay, let me find a really good song and just have a little dance party, take a minute, um, lots of deep breathing. Uh, I like to read. That helps sometimes.
sometimes um, distraction is really good for me. Um, also for me, just leaning into why am I feeling this way? Mm. What is causing this? Okay, I'm, I'm feeling really, I'm feeling very amped up. Why are we feeling very amped up? What's going on in our world? What are things we can control right now in this moment? And what are things that we can't control? And the things that we can't control, can we just, okay, don't worry about those things. You can't do anything about them anyway. It's raining outside. Okay, well, I can't do anything about the rain. Um, But if I still have to pick up my kid from school, then it becomes, okay, I know the rain makes me anxious because I was in a bad car accident when I was younger in the rain. So I need extra time. So I know that instead of leaving 15 minutes before, which is what it would be if the pavement was dry, I'm going to leave maybe 25 minutes or 30 minutes before so I can take my time and ease into it. So I think it's really just, you know, focusing on why are you feeling that way? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't identify it in the moment and that's fair. You just know that you are. So I think just having a multitude of tips and tricks is helpful because not everything is going to work for everybody, as I've already mentioned, but also not everything is going to work in that same moment. Yeah. Yeah. Really great advice. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. We'll dive into the next question. Um, what is the earliest memory you have of you knowing something was different about you and that you needed help? And how did you go about obtaining that help? Hope in what way? Because I feel like <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things happening over here. Um, with, I guess, like feeling overwhelmed and anxiety, that probably just happened within the past, I'd say, maybe year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being an adult, having a, a full-time corporate-like job, you know, being married, having a child, um, working towards my own personal goals that have nothing to do with the other things I just named. Um, there's always lots happening. So yeah, just within the past two years, I've noticed that there's something, um, I haven't taken the time, honestly, to go back and reflect on when can I find my first instances of anxiety but truthfully if I'm thinking about it now it probably everything stems from childhood I feel like everything stems from some type of childhood trauma right so um I'm thinking back to as a as a child um just instances and things that happened with my family in terms of parents divorcing and new partners coming in and not being a fan of said new partners and, you know, all those dynamics as a young child trying to figure out the world, um, I think probably played a part. But I think it got increasingly worse over time, especially as I became an adult. But I'm just now getting to the point where, okay, yeah, I can say that I have that. And what am I going to do about it? Yeah. So would you say that, like, back then it was like a lack of control that you had in your life that, like kind of brought up the anxious feelings because you just felt so out of control Hmm. i mean probably i haven't really thought about it you're making me deep dive into (laughs) the archives of my life um yeah probably i mean as a kid you don't have much control right Mm. so you kind of are being told where to go and what to do and, and that's every child, whether you are, have a perfectly lovely childhood and everything was perfect or 
whether that wasn't the case, you know, you don't have a lot of autonomy because you can't because of safety concerns and, you know, stuff like that. There's um, a bunch of stuff kids don't really have a lot of choices in, but perhaps, yeah. Yeah. So as a mother now, um, what are you, what steps are you taking in regards to like making sure your son feels like heard and seen in that way? Oh, I love this question so much um, because I, my husband and I have really been trying to be very proactive. Um, so the first thing that was really important for us with um, my son, who's three, just to give some context, is boundaries. Mm. So, you know, we ask for any type of affection. We ask, hey, can I have a hug? Can I have a kiss? And we honor his response. Mm. If he says no, okay. And we keep it moving because um, I think that's really important for for children to have that, you know, to start setting those boundaries early um, and feeling as though they have the opportunity to say no to something and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I recall like times growing up, oh, give auntie so-and-so who you've never met before, who you know is not right. really your auntie. <laughs> <laughs> give auntie so-and-so a hug and a kiss. It's like, I don't know that person. I don't really want to do that, but you're being told to do that. So, you know, with my son, we make sure that that's never an expectation. You can or you can't. It's how you feel. Um, The other thing that we do with him is that we give him choices about, it may be, let me back up. Both choices may be non-preferred activities, right? Do you want to brush your teeth first or put on your pajamas first? He doesn't want to do either. He wants to keep playing. But we still give him the choice. Like, yeah, these aren't great options, but that's life, right? You're going to have often two, three, four, five not great options. Um, But you still get to choose which one you want first. Um, And we honor that choice. Um, So, yeah, there's not a lot he can, quote-unquote, control, but we try to be mindful. You know, here are your two choices. What do you want? Or even honoring when he feels overwhelmed in the moment and he needs some time. Hey, do you need a minute? And he's done such a great job of being able to tell us, like, I need a break. I need a minute. Cool. And we, (laughs) we set a timer for a minute, and we give him that minute, and we honor him needing that space to, you know, to move forward. Um... And in all fairness, there's been times where I'm like, mommy needs a minute. (laughs) And I will go and I will take my minute and then I will come back like, okay, let's try again. Um, So I think just kind of layering those things in has been really helpful. The other thing that we do, um, which isn't necessarily about him feeling heard, but just thinking about how he can manage when he's feeling overwhelmed and anxiety, besides him taking a minute and trying to communicate that with us, mm-hmm. is um, I wrote him a little book that has pictures of him, and it's called The Book of Feelings, and it was to help him identify how he was feeling and um, giving him permission to feel all those feelings. You know, I know in certain communities, you know, boys aren't supposed to cry, and you, you be strong, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, and in our house... It's no, you can feel all the feelings. Crying is a release. Mm. Um, So you can feel all of them. Like you can be mad, but you can't be mean. (laughs) Um, So feel all the feelings. But then also in the little book I wrote him, there's also, okay, so if you're feeling this way, what are some things you can do? 
and it's literally pictures of him doing like baby yoga or <laughs> hugging a stuffed animal or reading a book or painting or whatever. Like I'm trying to, my husband and I both are trying to give him the tools that he needs to manage any potential anxiety that's going to come in the future because we know that it is. That's the world we live in. Mm. Wow, Portia, that is amazing. Like, so <laughs> did you guys like take a parenting class on this, or you just like based on your own experiences? She's like, this is what I'm going to do for my child. Based on my own experiences, I mean, I I'm not like a quote unquote professional writer, not yet. That's my goal in life, but I'm always writing stuff. So I've written him a ton of books that just like help him manage whatever it is he needs. Essentially, they're like social stories. Um, so yeah, we just whatever he needs, whatever I feel like he's struggling. I'm like, oh, I'll write a book for that. I take a thousand pictures of him a day anyway. So, <laughs> so it's super easy to like throw that in a book and, you know, get it printed through, you know, whichever company you want to use. Shutterfly is a good, shout out to Shutterfly. They're a good um, source for a quick little paperback book. Um, but yeah, that's, we're just moving with the flow. We have had some parenting classes, not about this specifically, because my son has a uh, neurodivergent condition. Mm. Um, so we've had coaching on how to manage like things that he's going through. But a lot of it is just innate. And I think it's from the fact that my husband and I want to create a good environment for him. Not that we didn't have good environments, but just, okay, these are the things we know that we struggled with. Times are completely different now. Yeah. Things that might have worked 20, 30, 40 years ago don't, right. right? Research has proven, 2,000 studies, laws have changed, you'll go to jail. So um, <laughs> <laughs> just focusing on, like, what are the things that we can do to create a positive and safe space for him? Yeah. I think that's really amazing and important because I think too often not, like, especially in the black community, again, beatings and the spankings, and it's just like, how can you portray that as love? Um, like, how can I, like, if you send your child out to the world and say, like, if my, my parents who love me have been abusing me, how can right. I expect anything different from the world? And, like, how can I, like, you say, like, you're doing this because you love me. So, like, maybe, like, my first relationship, I go out there, like, they are hitting me. That's like, okay, well, my parents hit me. So, like, now yep. um, I'm realizing, like, okay, like, the same thing. So, they must love me, too, just as much as my parents. Um, and, I, you know, like, they don't understand, like, how damaging that may be or have been. Mm-hmm. that's what happened to them. There's like, it's yes. like, passed yes. to generation to generation. Um, so I'm glad oh. you guys are breaking the cycle. <laughs> we're, you know, we're definitely doing our best. One of the things that we both agreed on very early on, and I'm in a interracial interfaith relationship. Um, so my husband comes from a different background completely. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we were both very firm on was, yeah, we're not doing anything physical. You know, I might take something out of your hand if you're going to harm yourself. Right. I might, you know, if, if I see you running out to the street, I may swoop you up. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like an actual spanking or anything like that, that to your point, that is very prevalent in the black community and I'm sure other communities as well, not just ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're speaking to the black experience. Yeah, like we, we don't want to do that. Like there's a way that you can 
don't discipline your children, I feel like, mm-hmm. without going that route. Um, because, yeah, childhood trauma is real. And I'm sure I'm doing things today that he's going to talk about in therapy 20 years from now. <laughs> I'm totally prepared for that. Like, I didn't let him have that toy, and he's remembering that. And in 20 years, he's going to talk about how rude I was. Cool. Um, I'm open to it. Let's do it. Um, so not to say that we're not making our mistakes, but um, we're we're trying our best to minimize. Yeah. Minimize them. All you can really do is your best and like just truly love your child, which um, we'll dive into the last question. Um, yeah. Uh, what's a piece of advice you would give to your younger self and to all those younger in regards to their mental health? protect it it is so important if mentally you're not in a good space please get help you know and if it doesn't have to be therapy necessarily but find a way to talk to somebody and be open about how you're feeling um i think there's sickness in the secrets Mm. and if you're holding on to that and nobody knows what's going on um I think it's it's hard to get the support you need. So, you know, we're having, from what I've seen in terms of statistics, there's so many very young people who are committing suicide, and that breaks my heart to no end. So I'm a, a huge advocate of, even if you're okay from a mental health perspective, you need to be um, better at active listening. What are your friends saying? Like, you know, people you care about, like, really listen don't just dismiss stuff or you know and I know a younger Portia may not have been as in tune to paying attention to what people are saying because a lot of cases people do give you signs even if they're not sharing outright I'm struggling with something um there are signs there and I think just taking that two seconds to just say hey I'm checking in are you good and I am genuinely asking are you actually okay I think can really make a difference but the society we live in it moves so fast I I don't think we do enough of that um so my recommendation is if you're struggling with something please seek out some support and some help and if you're not struggling with something just actively listen to what your friends and family are saying and really be genuine in your interactions with them yeah great advice we love it we love (laughs) what lead to suicide it is a silent killer for a reason um because people keep thinking like oh i'm alone like no one will understand but there are so many people out there who are going through the same thing and like we do understand you know like there are people out there who understand what you're going through absolutely and you're definitely not alone there's in my opinion, and I know it's tough to know this in the moment when you were in such despair and isolation, and isolation is so terrible. Like, it's that feeling of of that isolation is intense. Um, So I understand that. But I just want people to know that tomorrow's another day. It's always darkest when it's dawn. Like, just, you know, if you have to take it an hour at a time, if you have to take it a minute at a time, you know, it will get better, but I know it's hard to see that in the moment. Yeah. I had um, told my friend this quote, um, and I was just like, people keep saying like, oh, like there's light at the end of the tunnel. 
but like you're so afraid because the whole tunnel is dark like yeah the light is over there but i gotta get to the light which is on the opposite side so like and i don't know what's in the darkness um so i think that was like really powerful um in that sense because just like yeah like we're in the darkness like so sometimes you need someone to help guide you through it because it's scary to do it alone it is terrifying to do it alone um speaking from my own experiences as well so yeah yeah and i know the hardest part is reaching out right like getting saying hey i don't feel quite right i know that's so scary and the hardest part and it it makes it really tough when you don't know if there's anybody who will take you seriously or not brush you off like that's the worst part right if you tell someone hey i'm not feeling so great and they just kind of dismiss it yeah then it's like, I tried and you didn't listen. So never mind, right? Um, so yeah, there's so many layers. I think collectively as a human race, we just have to be better at supporting each other. Yeah, for sure. What a great way to end. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Portia, for your advice. Thank you for opening yourself to me and like the story in our journey together. Um, you are truly an amazing human being and I'm so glad to have met you. Oh, that's so kind to say. And I feel the exact same way, Kina. I'm I'm so Im- I'm so proud of you and so excited that you're doing this podcast. I've been talking about doing a podcast for like a thousand years and I'm like, nope, not ready yet. <laughs> so the, the fact that you're taking this step and your willingness and vulnerability to share your story and allow others to share their story on this platform is so impressive. And I'm just so thankful and um, I have no doubt that it's going to help continue to help people. Yeah, that's the goal. That is the goal.